0: That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it so thanks a lot Ben are you ready I'm ready George excellent I'm ready the people are ready let's go welcome to money savage engage this is George Grumbacher Ben Barron is a PhD in SPHR he is an an assistant professor of management at Cleveland State University the co-founder and principal of the management consulting firm Indigo anchor. He is the co-host of the Indigo podcast and a commander in the United States Navy Reserve. Thank you for your service, Ben. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, You're welcome. It's fun. I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Sure thing. So
1: I'll start with the personal side. At home, I'm a husband and a dad. I have four kids, ages four, four, six, eight and ten. Uh, so that keeps me busy. Um, you know, someone once said that keeping a clean house when you have kids is like brushing your teeth with a mouthful of Oreos. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's spot on accurate. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, I also make the joke that it's also kind of like, uh, practicing, uh, fighting domestic terrorism sometimes. (laughs) So, (laughs) but we, we have a crazy good time and, uh, that keeps me pretty engaged at home. So, um, you know, on on the professional side, George, uh, as you already mentioned, I I wear a number of hats. Uh, I I kind of consider it as three main hats. Number one, I am a full time management professor at Cleveland State University, and I teach and do research in the areas of human resource management and organizational behavior. Uh, My graduate education was primarily in the area of industrial and organizational psychology. And uh, that area, that academic discipline, is all about taking the principles and the research methods of psychology and applying them to the workplace. And so I'm very interested in the application of the psychological uh, principles and research methods to how humans behave at work. So that's number one. Number two, I'm, as you mentioned, the co-founder and co-owner of the management consulting firm Indigo Anchor, uh, through which, along with my awesome business partner Chris Everett, and a number of other experts, get to help organizations uh, improve themselves and flourish in the face of change and adversity. I'm also the co-host of the the Indigo podcast where we explore human flourishing primarily through the lens of the workplace, but also beyond the world of work because I think it's important for people to see how our work lives and our non-work lives are just inextricably connected, you know? And finally, I am a commander in the US Navy Reserve. Um, I did a number of years on active duty and then stuck around in the reserve for much longer than I ever expected. Uh, So I've been an officer now in the Navy for about 17 and a half years. And during that time, I've had the amazing opportunity to lead and manage projects all over the world. Um, In fact, my business partner, uh, Indigo anchor, Chris Everett, uh, and also my co-host of the Indigo Podcast, he. he and I actually met in Afghanistan, so nice. um, that was back in February of 2013. He's an officer in the Army National Guard, and I'm in the Navy Reserve, as I mentioned, so uh, we, we met there and spent many, many an evening uh, playing guitars and, and hanging out a little bit on our base there, which was a lot of fun.
0: Nice. So three separate, distinct, but interconnected worlds uh, with you and your wife and the four kids serving overseas in the military and now working in the private sector, helping people flourish. There's got to yeah. be some through lines there.
1: A- absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think what really drives me is, and just makes me excited to get up in the morning is I truly believe that the world is a better place when people flourish at work. You know, we spend so much of our time at work uh, and when we, flourish at work it, it necessarily makes our lives better and those of us who you know maybe are in positions of authority or responsibility within organizations truly have a an opportunity and a responsibility I think to promote flourishing in the workplace because it just makes the world a better place so that's kind of what I try to promote in my own little way through my research my teaching my
0: consulting and even my work in the military so I, I couldn't agree more and whether I mean, so there's an opportunity to really have a a powerful impact if you're intentional about it. Probably Mm -hmm. if you're not paying any attention about it at all, you still might have a good one just on accident or you could be a terrible, terrible boss and your employees could leave. So what how how do you coach people or counsel people or consult people to to have and to have a great impact and to help people to flourish?
1: Yeah, so it's um, a multi step process but I I think the first thing that you've got to do in any kind of situation is do some some diagnosis so I see a lot of management consulting practice out there that is kind of treatment without diagnosis which you know if you went to a doctor and, and you know the doctor didn't even see you and um, just said, okay, here's your prescription for Lipitor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, that you'd be confused, <laughs> and and uh, you know in the medical world, treatment without diagnosis is malpractice, and I think there's a lot of kind of management malpractice out there. So what we try to do is take a an evidence based approach where we uh, collect some data about what's going on in the organization. We also look at and use the all the research that has been done. In the world of organizational psychology and organizational development, and so forth, to try to use that as a foundation for improving, uh, you know, what the organization is doing. And oftentimes, our work is focused on senior leadership teams. And so, you know, a lot of it starts with, hey, how aligned are you actually on strategy? Um, you know, how, what's your communication pattern like as a team? Um, are you just focused on your own little silos, or are you actually communicating as humans with each other to try to accomplish something bigger and then depending on kind of what our diagnosis finds we'll prescribe a a handful of of different interventions to try to help to increase uh, things like employee engagement uh, job satisfaction and so forth Um, and, and a lot of that comes through you know how leaders behave in the organization and their interactions and the relationships they're building or not building with uh, their direct reports, with their peers, and with their supervisors even.
0: And I've always thought, and just from my personal experience, that it an organization's culture or success or lack of really starts from that senior leadership team, sometimes obviously the CEO or the president, and then moves all the way down. And I have mm-hmm. to imagine that's also true of the military.
1: It, it is, absolutely, and Uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, if the senior leadership team is, is messed up, that's going to trickle down. Mm -hmm. And you know, if mom and dad are fighting, everybody else is going to notice. And, uh, if, if they're not reinforcing the norms and the values that you really want to have in your organization, then it doesn't matter what they say. It's what they do that actually
0: matters. And I, I think that, that sometimes when, when I think about that, I think, well, geez, why wouldn't, you know, the person in charge, this, 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 this woman or man, why wouldn't they want to accept that responsibility of, of showing up every day in in the way that is inspiring and empowering people. But then I realized that, you know what, sometimes the person running the company, maybe they didn't ever really want to take on that responsibility. They just had a great idea. So how Mm -hmm. do you, how do you coach people up or how, how, how do you handle that?
1: yeah, I know I think you bring up a great point that sometimes you do have an entrepreneur founder who maybe just had this uh, this awesome idea and kind of brought it to market and uh, maybe isn't ready for um, you know the broader cultural and structural implications that that has for actually running a firm. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough when you have somebody who maybe just doesn't get it near near the top. Um, I think showing them the implications of what they're doing can be really, powerful. So sometimes we do multi-rater assessments, you know, which you think of as a 360 where we get insights from not only the person's uh, direct report. If it's a CEO, then we'll get some, some raters from the board or something. And then from their peers, as well as their direct reports. And sometimes if you just show people the, you know, the, the data on, Hey, look, you're doing a great job, maybe managing up in the organization, but you know, managing down, you're not doing such a great job. Or um, what we oftentimes see is that people will ignore, especially kind of like people at the VP or director level, sometimes they'll do a really good job of of managing up and down, but they don't do a good job of managing their peers and building the relationships kind of laterally within the organization. Hmm. So I think that's one way that you can show people uh, that you know, uh, how they can be more effective and so forth. Um, And and I also think there's, there's also an element of soul searching that has to happen on the part of the, the executive. It's like, why are you doing this? What is it that, you know, you're trying to accomplish? What kinds of things, what are your non-negotiable values? Uh, and, um, sometimes just by articulating those and then figuring out ways to, uh, bake that into how they behave, that can be a powerful way as well. Um, it it definitely can take, take some time. Sometimes there are people who don't get it, Mm -hmm. right? Some of these things, um, certainly can be coached certainly can be uh g- developed over time but then there are sometimes senior leaders who maybe are just so selfish or narcissistic that they need to go and uh you know that's a tough thing but it is in the best interest of the organization in the long run yeah
0: and such a tricky thing obviously because this person like i i i started the company so mm-hmm. but, so but I think that we can all certainly look back on, on our careers or our experiences and probably point to when we were in an organization where there was, I don't want to say a toxic person, but somebody who maybe was in charge or at a senior level, uh, but not necessarily uh, helping people to, to, to really thrive. And mm-hmm. as you were talking about that, the, the process, what popped into my head was sort of a sort of an alternative um, or an alternate scenario where if you look at the companies like Facebook or Twitter, where you have guys or gals that started a company, and then it just turned into something which was, you know, far different, perhaps than they ever could have imagined. And that also sure. presents crazy problems.
1: Uh, absolutely, it can. And, you know, I think if you've, you know, followed the, the evolution of some of these tech companies over the you know past decade or so, you know there's there's been ups and downs in how they've tried to um you know more intentionally create cultures that they want um they you know as the organization grows in size there's stuff that just necessarily has to get standardized you got to start having some structure otherwise things just you know it just turns into chaos um so you know that and and like you said if they you know start doing things that are even different from where they originally were that takes a lot of um, you know, they first you have to recognize that the organization is going in a different direction. Um, and I think most organizations struggle with this. Right. So they you know, if you need to do kind of in, in what they call in, in startup world, you know, a pivot strategically towards something that is uh, you know, better suited for your customers. You may have this great idea that your customers just don't think is the greatest idea. And sometimes we fall in love with our ideas so much um, that we're not willing to kill them in order to do something that people actually want. Um, so I think, I think that takes a lot of, it really takes some, some humility mm-hmm. um, on the part of leadership. Uh, it takes the willingness to listen to others. It takes some, uh, you know, willingness to even be vulnerable and to ask those hard questions and actually, you know, listen to them. Um, and at the same time, balancing that with some perseverance. So it's, it's one of these paradoxes that's just, that is tricky, uh, because sometimes you will have an idea that people don't get at first. Um, so I think that that's just an important thing for people to keep in mind. You know, there's this, uh, there's this famous social psychologist and organizational theorist named Carl Weick. And I've been a fan of his for a number of years. And he likes to say that leaders should, um, argue like they're right, but listen like they're wrong. And I just think that that's a really good approach towards a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Nice. <clears throat> what got you here may not get you, get you to where you want to go. it's going to require, oh, sure. it's, it's going to require, um, it's going to require a lot. So from a, from an, from an individual standpoint for somebody who's not necessarily on the leadership team um, from, I I guess for lack of a better term, personal responsibility um, let's just assume that you're working at a great company with great leadership and they're offering you, they've sort of set the table with everything that you need to be successful. Um, And I think that I'm curious about this from the military as well as a private company. And if somebody's still not happy, what, What do you think individuals can do to, I guess, change their mindset or try to find just try to be happier at work?
1: Yeah. So I think that if, yeah, if you're an individual as a person, if you are just unhappy at work, you're not engaged in your work. Uh, you know, I think a lot of this comes down to how you, your mindset towards your work and, um, you know I think part of it is through developing kind of a different worldview, and there's this idea in psychology which is called hardiness. and hardiness is about uh, committing to a a higher purpose and a set of values. and um, I think people can kind of set themselves on a path towards you know better work lives by figuring out for themselves, hey, what do I really care about? What are the things that I I really want to do in my life, and then using those, based upon those those values and those ideas about what you want to do, your higher purpose or whatever, uh, you know, looking for and finding some ways to control your environment. So there's another idea from um, management that is this idea of job crafting, you know, job crafting is this idea that, you know, you may have your job description and your things that you're, you're told to do, but you do have some ability as the employee to, to change that to craft it in different ways um, to you know negotiate with the people around you in terms of what you're going to do what you're going to focus on and I think that can be a powerful way to increase your own engagement at work uh, I think there's also just a mindset that you have to have towards adversity that is really important um, you know some people when there's an organizational change or some sort of um, challenge that happens at work they They can really hit them hard Uh, and that's natural, but I think it's important to uh, train yourself to start seeing those challenging uh, adverse circumstances as learning opportunities. So it's really about kind of psychologically reframing your experience to try to focus on what's going right, uh, what you're learning, um, and then just reminding yourself that there are many times that you don't have control over what is going on, but we always have control over our reactions to it we can always control our attitudes and that can be uh, just knowing that and practicing that i think can be a really powerful way to to approach uh you know a and a work situation that maybe
0: isn't ideal i think that's really well said thank you well ben savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them yeah so
1: you know i what I always come back to is that I think being a leader and being a manager is a noble job. And by doing a good job and treating people well, valuing their contributions, caring about their well-being, you can truly increase their well-being psychologically and even physically. Uh, you can also increase their sense of meaning and purpose and job satisfaction, which can then lead to them having a better life overall. So if you're in a position of authority of it really any type, you need to take that responsibility seriously. You know, the the world is is better when people flourish at work and you as a leader or manager can be a big part of that. I think that
0: is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on, come on. And Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they tune into the podcast?
1: Sure thing, so there's lots about our podcast at www.indigotogether.com. Uh, there's more about our, our consulting firm at www.indigoanchor.com. And then my personal website is, uh,
0: benbarron.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ben your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to indigotogether.com, indigoanchor.com and benbaron.com, And that's B-E-N-B-A-R-A-N. And I'll list those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Ben.
1: Thank you so much, George.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step. From figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out You can go to com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.